0: wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air broadcasting live from the
1: annex wealth management studios at the avenue in beautiful downtown milwaukee here's john mccure all right amy taylor's here so is bob brainerd debbie lazica's got traffic adam roberts producing the show this afternoon all right what are we on top of today this is the three Three, three, three at three on wisconsin's afternoon news what's first amy
2: As the state continues to debate the best way to renovate American Family Field, costs are on the way up in just more ways than one.
1: Flood insurance is a big one here. You know, American Family Field sits near the Menominee River, and this is what the stadium will cost in flood insurance this year. $761,000, 761K. That's a 30% increase year over year. Concerns driven by flooding risk from the Menominee River, Uh, Tim Sheehy, our friend, saying this, he's the district chair board for the baseball district, we reduced risk and our rates still went up 30 percent. We'll continue to work to improve that
2: situation. It's been brutal for the insurance industry with the impact of climate change. Yeah, it's been bad. Now that a new state law makes it possible. Milwaukee city leaders are recommending moving forward on a new way to try and curb reckless driving.
1: Here's the deal, they're going to be able to impound vehicles of reckless drivers, but only when three very specific things happen. They can impound a vehicle used in reckless driving if these three conditions all exist. The driver's the owner of the vehicle. That doesn't always happen. The driver has a prior conviction of reckless driving. That sometimes happens. The driver has not fully paid the fines associated with the previous conviction. That almost always happens. If those three things happen, police will be allowed to impound vehicles. And then, if they hold on to the vehicle for 90 days... And the fines haven't been paid in the vehicle claimed The city can dispose of the vehicle. They can sell it. They can get rid of it. They can do all that stuff. Hopefully this helps.
2: Our own Greg Matzik is out on the links this afternoon working his way through 100
3: holes of golf. Greg, what hole number are you on? I think we're on 68. Oh, my gosh. Right 68. I'm on the tee box right now. So Gabe just hit. Uh, Gabe hole, Stephen Watson just hit. I'm trying to clear some trees. Hang on one second here
4: oh yeah we can hear the action yeah greg's in the trees a little bit of wind
3: i'd hit again over the trees. Actually, i think that might end up being okay yeah it's a nice day it's a little breezy but it is sunny at the bog and about 60 degrees
1: how are the hands Uh, doing how are the feet doing
3: uh the hands are doing great the feet are doing great the back is gonna hang on i think as best it can uh i think gabe is approaching double digit birdies which is great an outstanding player uh, Watson had an eagle. He chipped in from the sand over two other sand traps, which was amazing. Wow! But the the, the biggest storyline today, guys. We got our final total. We're over two hundred thirty thousand dollars raised for the MacPunk for this this event alone, uh, and that puts the six year total over a million dollars raised just through this event, which is incredible. We got to the seventy five hundred dollar goal, John. And we got about eight thousand, which means today is day one of me growing my hair out. Yes. Yes. That's
2: right. And your wife has never seen you with your hair. Your your no, your she, hair, which is not. You don't have, have any.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's only seen it on my back. Uh, that's
2: about that's it. so appealing.
1: Excellent. All right, Greg. We're going to let you go. You're in the midst of a, a very busy day out there. We hope you get to that hundred holes. We'll check back in with you in about an hour. Good luck.
3: Ooh, my ball got through. Sounds good, guys.
1: <laughs> it's three fifteen at WTMJ. <laughs> All right, so last night, Bucks with a crushing loss. They exit the postseason. Afterwards, Giannis Antetokounmpo had a press conference. I give him credit for that. He stood there. He sat there. Rather, he took the questions. And one question was asked by our friend Eric Name at The Athletic. Eric Name asked if the year was a failure because the Bucs were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Giannis didn't like that question. He exhaled deeply, put his hands over his head, was being measured. And then he said he didn't believe it was a failure. He's right. It wasn't a failure. It was an epic failure in every sense of the word. Giannis had this to say to Eric name about the definition of what failure is and is not.
3: Do you view this season as a failure? You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Do you get, do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No.
1: Okay. If I don't get a promotion, if I don't get a pay raise, if I don't get some recognition from my office, it's a failure. When you're talking about your family and the chance to succeed and thrive and grow, if you don't get those opportunities, it is a failure. So I disagree. All right, this comment really struck me. This is Giannis making the comparison to Michael Jordan's career.
3: Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So, why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. Okay, a couple things here.
1: First off, I bet if you asked Michael Jordan if the years he didn't win a championship were a failure, Michael Jordan would say yes. Did anybody see the last dance? Did Giannis did. see the last dance?
2: I saw the last dance. So did I. The that.
1: answer is yes. Michael Jordan would never say those years were a success. Yeah. He wouldn't. And then for Giannis, and I love Giannis, and he was trying to be measured here. I want to reiterate that. He said. That's a bad question. That is a completely legitimate question. That's a great question. That should be the first question. To say that that's the wrong question is what he said? That's the right question. That's the only question. How is this the wrong question? The
2: reporter was sitting on the nerve. That's that's what the reporter's job is to do, is to find out why things happen and what people really think. And he elicited a, a, a very interesting response from Giannis. And one can understand why Giannis might be slightly irritated about all of that.
1: It's interesting if by interesting you mean wrong response. It was different. This is a terrible response. And I have the most respect for Giannis. And I've already said it. He sat up there after a tough loss and he took the questions. And I respect that. But this is the wrong answer. And he didn't bite his tongue enough that he just said, no, I don't believe that. He went on and tried to compare this to Michael Jordan's situation. He tried to compare it to the average working guy and whether they get a promotion. He said it wasn't a failure.
2: I think he should it was. He should uh, listen to Rafa Nadal. He's a very expert at handling the media and how one is gracious in defeat. Um, I'm not saying he wasn't gracious, but he was definitely aggro.
4: Don't fans at, with that question want to hear, yes, it's a failure, Yes, we had higher expectations. Yes, we are going to use this as fuel in our belly to try to be better and not let this happen again. Isn't that the standard pat answer? And and I know it chafes some people to have standard pat answers, but in this particular situation, if you're a Bucks fan, that's what you want your guy to say is that it ticks me off and I'm going to do something about it, and the guys in the locker room are going to do something about it, and we're not going to let this happen again.
1: I want to hear my guy, to your point, Bob, I want to hear my guy say, hell yes, it's a failure. We were the number one seed, had the best record. We have the best guys on this team when it comes to character and ability, and we didn't win it all. We didn't make it out of the first round. Absolutely, it's a failure. Why is it a failure to acknowledge that? It's a failure, and say that and own it, and I would
2: love that. Yes. Yeah like like we we st- we stunk it up last night. You know, we right. tried as hard as we could try. It wasn't good enough. It didn't measure up. This was the most uh, talked about story on Facebook for among women today in my feed. They were all talking about this, and they were all supporting Giannis and saying he has the long view. It was interesting to see that, how much support there was for his point of view. But as a fan and somebody who wants to see the Bucks go all the way in the NBA Finals, what? Yeah, I, was, I was shocked by how much support he got.
4: There was a lot of parents chiming in saying, this is a good lesson for our children. And a lot of times, that's the parents of that everybody should get a participation medal, and, and we can't fail. Well... We fail in life. We fail in sports. It happens. But the, the good thing about whether it's a sporting activity or life is you have an opportunity to learn from failures. To, to your point, John, if, if you're in sales, okay, yep. every man job, and if you set a goal, if the company sets goals, and you don't meet those goals, It's a failure. You're going to admit, we need to be better next year. We need to reach these goals. We need to get our quota. We need to have better numbers because this year was a failure. And you you learn from the failure and you let that burn in your belly. Exactly. I mean, that's the definition of failure, Bob, is not meeting expectations. Lack of success. I have it in front of me. Failure definition from the dictionary. Lack of success is the first definition. That was not successful. That series. They won one game with home court advantage. They won one game, that ridiculous game two, where they shot the lights out. They lost four other games, including two other games at home. Right, that's failure.
2: I think he seemed super sore, and uh, and it, I get it, that very very sore about it, and maybe just hadn't fully processed the fact that yeah, guess what, <laughs> this was bad. I mean, it's got to be hard to be married to somebody like that when they when they're on the losing side of the evening. Um,
1: And he says, you know, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. You know how you don't get asked that question? You win the NBA championship. You're the number one seed. And I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I'm not attacking Giannis as a person. I'm not saying he's not great because he's all of that. But in this one moment, that was the wrong answer. Absolutely, it's a failure.
2: The wrong answer, but is it, oh, can we give him some grace? I don't know. Can we? Yes. I mean, you're, you're, I think you're so. right. Sure. Right. Like you're, you're yes. right. And is the ownership giving him grace? They know he's the number one player in the NBA, but how do they feel today?
4: Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks. And of course um, he does that little, you know, cartoon show that it is too. Um, he actually chimed in on Twitter and and said this was a gotcha question from the reporter. And he praised Giannis. So he was calling out Eric's name. And I disagree with that. It was a wasn't gotcha a, question. Yeah, I think it was a the gotcha. question. Absolutely. It, it's it was
2: right up there, kind of like, how, how, do you, how do you feel about losing? I mean, this is what the yeah. question is of the day.
4: And yeah. losing this soon. That's why this question is fair because this happened in the first round with the team that had the best record in the NBA. They went out and got the best record for a reason, and they blew that by losing games at home and losing the series. Yep, agree. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on
1: WTMJ. Press conference is expected in less than an hour, where we uh, believe Robin Voss and probably Democratic leaders of Milwaukee will gather to give details on the shared revenue plan that's been drafted by Assembly Republicans, the expectation is that they're going to come out and say that if it passes referendum, Milwaukee will be able to levy a 2% sales tax and that Milwaukee County will be able to increase their sales tax. That's what's expected. In addition, shared revenue is going to increase for everybody in the state. Paul Farrow is the Waukesha County Executive, and he is with us on the hotline. Hey, Paul, good afternoon.
5: Hey, John, how are you?
1: Good. So I have your statement in front of us that your office put out. This is attributed to you. Uh, you're criticizing yes. the plan, saying a bailout of Milwaukee's out-of-control pension fund in the form of sales tax increases uh, for the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County, I'm paraphrasing, is not a great idea. Th- we we need this, though, in Milwaukee, don't we? I understand the pension is what it is, and it's kind of a disaster, but would you rather that this money not come to Milwaukee?
5: No, actually, if you read through the whole thing, John, what I'm saying is I understand that there's a bailout that we have to do for Milwaukee, And the pensions aren't County Exec Crowley's fault. They're not Mayor Johnson's fault. The concern that I have is that the legislature is saying this is historic changes to the shared revenue plan. For the rest of us, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. When we're looking at the numbers for Waukesha County, and keep in mind, we are the lowest spending county in the state. Per person, we spend $600 on operations for people that live in Waukesha County. That spending We're getting penalized. So uh, Representative Bourne came out and said, this is historic. We're adding $50 million to the shared revenue plan for counties. The amount that we anticipate getting doesn't even cover the inflationary costs for next year. So it doesn't really make this big historic change for us. And we know that we're not going to revisit this for another 20 years. So we want to make sure we get it right now.
1: So you're saying that if you're in a county where there's low spending per person they're more fiscally responsible, and I'm, I'm using your words or a paraphrasing, mm-hmm. that you'll be penalized under this plan, and that makes it inherently unfair. Is, yep. that, a fair, is that a fair assessment?
5: Fair assessment.
2: Paul, what's a We've better, what's a better right. plan? What, what would be, work better for Waukesha County?
5: You know, when you, when you look at it, and this is, a, this is a conversation that's been going on for about five months now, and we were in a position where we thought we were working towards a solution that was truly a long-term gain. And and when I look at a long-term gain, when I look at the shared revenue from the states, this is a plan that's been around for decades. And it was designed to help offset the costs of municipalities so we didn't overburden the property taxes. Well, back in 2011, we changed the property tax rates that municipalities and counties could do. We took off a base and said it's only net new construction. Waukesha County, third largest county, is about 1.5%. So that's the new levy that we can generate for everything that we need to do. The challenge is that doesn't cover nearly the cost to continue our business on an annual basis. So when we're looking at shared revenue, we were looking to see the state, you guys have a surplus that is anywhere between $3 to $7 billion, depending on how you look at it. We're looking at a projected budget that the governor's introduced of $100 billion over two years, $50 billion each year. And you're saying that you can't even do better than 0.1% of that to the counties to help them look at a long-term fix for some of the challenges that we're coming in, especially when the language in what they put out says for, like, uh, emergency, dis- emergency dispatch, you can't use the money for personnel purposes. Well, emergency dispatch is personnel but I can't use the money to hire more people because the state says, I don't know what I'm doing. That's the challenge that I have and the the frustration that I'm feeling.
1: Paul Farrow is the Waukesha County executive. So, Paul, are you okay with giving Milwaukee County and the city of Milwaukee permission to raise or levy a sales tax if the rest of the proposal changes to more fairly compensate all 72 counties in the state of Wisconsin?
5: Yes. Yeah, I think, and and I've talked to County Exec Crowley, and I've talked to Mayor Johnson. We need to help them. People can say all they want, but as Milwaukee County and the city of Milwaukee goes, so does the rest of the state. They are the income generator. They're the the economic engine that we have. As one of the co-chairs of the M7, I know how important that is. So what what, what more do you want, Paul? What more do you want? What I'm looking for is the state legislature to realize that there is more to be done to make sure that we look at down the road and look in the future to say this is how we can help municipalities the counties on down to make sure they're viable as we move forward and in society right now where inflation is much higher than we anticipated where changes are occurring we need the flexibilities and we need the capacity in order to meet those needs of the future
1: Paul is this a done deal this is a, 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 a an assembly proposal is this a done deal
5: No, I would say that this is the introduction of the assembly side. I know the Senate hasn't agreed on anything yet. They're still just debating and discussing. And honestly, John, that's why I threw it out today, because I want to be make sure that we're having that conversation. If we want to make a historical change, and keep in mind the last time that shared revenue changed was in 2004. So if we're looking at something that probably won't happen for the next 20 years, we got to get some changes and make it right across the state.
1: Paul Farrow is the Waukesha County Executive. I know you've got a busy afternoon. Thanks for stepping out of your meeting to chat with us, Paul.
5: Thanks, you, guys. I appreciate it.
1: It is 345 at WTMJ. So the details have not officially been released for the money that Milwaukee and Milwaukee County will get. That will happen at 430 this afternoon. Uh, We will have our newsroom at that press conference, and we'll bring full coverage to you later this afternoon after that happens. Disney is suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis saying that the uh, state is retaliating against Disney for actions that they made unrelated to the running of their theme park. Dave Packer, ABC News, is with us to kind of help us sort it out. Dave, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this all goes back to uh, last year. And actually, the the former uh, CEO... Uh, of Disney issued a statement, and you know, there were a lot of folks in the, the, within the company who were employees, and there were some activists, uh, asking the company to take a stand on the law that, uh, that has been, I guess, referred to as don't say gay down there about, uh, talking about uh, sexual, um, uh, preferences and whatnot in, for lower grades and, and, and identity and gender. And so, uh, the governor, made a few statements that he wasn't crazy about the position that Disney had taken, and then subsequently went about some moves to uh, remove Disney's special tax district that they've had now for 56 years in Florida from the time uh, when it was built. Um, There have been a lot of behind-the-scenes actions. There was a a board maneuver to try to basically uh, kind of lock in the protections that Disney has before a new board that DeSantis controls took over, And uh, now the move from DeSantis to try to overturn that move, it gets a little complicated. And Disney, after all this time trying to to do back-channel stuff, has kind of decided now, okay, we've got to take this to court.
1: So kind of to take a step back for a second, Dave, I'm unclear why, as a corporation, Disney would decide to weigh in so publicly on the don't-say-gay legislation. It kind of opened the door to this contentious exchange that's now taken place with Ron DeSantis and republicans who control the legislature
0: and it's an interesting situation because at first disney said they weren't going to weigh in on that there there was there was initial initially uh when they were asked to then there was a bit of an uproar at the company where you know folks were saying well you know the company needs to take a stand and then the new ceo at the time kind of backpedaled and he said okay well we are taking a stand against this that's where this this whole thing started um, what Disney is saying is that, you know, regardless of what the company said as a statement, it simply did a statement. And to punish a company, which, uh, you know, it can be considered as an individual, the Supreme Court has, has said that, um, for a statement is against its uh, its First Amendment rights.
2: So this this hasn't played well for DeSantis, has it? It seems that every Republican potential contender has jumped in here to say, hey, this isn't working out for you, Ron DeSantis.
0: And led by uh, none other than former President Donald Trump, who has said this is also unnecessary, a political stunt. He wrote on his Truth Social Network. Um, Don't forget, you know, the Republican default position is usually pro-business, so a lot of uh, your traditional conservatives have said, you know, this is not the kind of uh, move that you would expect a a Republican to make. You know, Disney World, in, in terms of Florida, it's kind of like Saudi Arabia suddenly going after the oil industry. I, I mean, this is a huge employer in the state of Florida that he's attacking. So it's, it's, he's doing it certainly, uh, I, I guess, uh, in terms of, you know, weighing whether this is going to benefit himself uh, in, in his potential presidential campaign uh, and that he's, he's rallying, you know, for, uh, for you know family values. But at the same time, There are a lot of issues in terms of, uh, you know, free speech and property rights and things like that. Uh, So this will be interesting to see the way it plays out in the court. ABC's Dave Packer. Thank you, Dave. Absolutely. Have a great day.
1: All right. We're going to switch gears here and talk about something very exciting that the station worked with the Brewers on. uh, The Brewers Community Foundation and WTMJ. And our listeners joined forces to help the Wisconsin Humane Society. Boy, did everybody make a big splash. This is so cool. Here's WTMJ's Debbie Lazaga.
6: Oh, my goodness. We were absolutely blown away. Well, we did it. The Drive for Charity raised over $5,700. We were able to more than double the amount of money collected from last year's drive, which just absolutely floored us.
7: That's Vice President of Marketing and Communications with the Wisconsin Humane Society, Angela
6: Speed. And what about the actual supplies? Five pallets of food and supplies and toys for the animals here at the Wisconsin Humane Society. And not a moment too soon, either. Right now, actually, we have over 90 dogs available for adoption. And so it couldn't have come at a better time. Right now, we just launched a special promotion that runs through May 6th. And so we have reduced fees by 50% for all dogs six months and older. So if you're on the fence about maybe adopting a pal,
7: here's your sign. Along with the animals they have in the shelter, they also have that furry friend's food pantry that's there for the community for anyone experiencing financial hardship, keeping pets and owners together.
6: And we routinely see those shelves go bare, and this morning I saw them just completely full, and knowing that we can help support animals out in the
7: community, it means a lot. And it couldn't have been done without you. On behalf of the Wisconsin Humane Society, Brewers Community Foundation, WTMJ, and me, thank you Milwaukee, you done good.
1: Debbie Lozga is with us in the studio. Deb, this is so great. This was kind of a crazy, weird day. And yeah, the response was. was amazing. Yeah, it
7: was. I mean, with the with the kind of storm that we had leading into that, I was yeah. driving in going, oh, this is not going to be fun. I had galoshes in the car. It I had terrible rain. weather. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, once we got there, everything stopped. The, we actually had sunshine for a little bit while we were collecting in the morning. But they were able to collect so much and throughout the rest of the weekend at the homestand mm-hmm. at Am Van Field. So it was such a great set up where everybody was able to come together and some people brought their dogs while they draw because it was a drive-through so they just handed me money or they handed us the stuff and Fun. they brought their dog along i'm like oh i get to pet a puppy yay
1: that's such good so, stuff. hey
7: they do do such good stuff there yeah
1: they really do we're proud of you you did a great job too
7: Thanks.